0: I think it's a lot more fun in
1: life when you get a chance to hang out with other people that are championing their own life and going for it. We've launched a Facebook group called Donnie Success Champions Group. Man, come hang out with us! Um, every day we are having uplifting, badass conversations that are just you know helping people go further in their life. So if you want to go to Facebook, come hang out, Donnie Success Champions Group. We'll be glad to see you. Guys, this is going to be a really, really, really fun episode. You know, I'm I'm having you know a lot of fun with bringing so many different guests on here. So this is going to be a little bit of a twist today. I'm bringing on you know a musician from the Nashville scene, and you know, so I'm sure I'm going to bust his chops about being a drummer. So that'll be fun. I'm sure he's caught it his entire career, but you know, so I'm bringing on Rich Redmond, and that's going to be a lot of fun. But I'm Donnie Bovine. this is Donnie Success Champions, Rich Buddy. Welcome to the show, my friend. Please, hey, how, how are, you? are you? Good man, good. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I got my uh, coffee going and acid coffee here, acid. <laughs> straight black. You know, coffee, or do you like doctor it up with all the foo foo stuff?
2: You know, no. Um, I mean, I'll take it any way it comes. But um,
1: yeah, I, I'm doing it with a little
2: half and half today.
1: So. Oh, nice, nice, nice. So, tell us who the heck you are for those who may have not heard your story or you know heard your journey. Walk us through a little bit.
2: Yeah. Well, um, nice thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm. Um, have uh, been playing drums for 42 years. I'm originally from uh, Milford, Connecticut. So I'm a little New England boy. I spent the first 10 years of my life there. Fell in love um, with the drums. My dad ended up moving to. Uh, we moved to El Paso, Texas, when I was 11. Got a job going across to the Juarez every day and he did that for 20 years and he ran the factories that made Victoria's Secrets underwear kind of, <laughs> little, awesome. little ladies just sewing underwear all day across the border and then uh and so that was a great thing for me because uh Texas has a a strong culture of, of music education it's a great state for music education very healthy scenes so I kind of um you know nurtured my 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 chops and my musicianship there ended up going, getting a master's degree from the University of North Texas, the Eagles, you know, that's actually where the Eagles were formed. Um, and uh, then then in 19, oh, my God, uh, Dinosaurs from the Earth, but in I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. And so I'm celebrating, I don't know, 23 years or so of, of, of navigating the, of Music City, USA. And so, yeah, and so um, since day one, I've been playing drums for a country rocker, Jason Aldean, just... I just celebrated playing drums on 25 number one songs, which is really, really fun. We're working on our um, eighth or ninth record. I should know. Um, (laughs) We'll be finishing that up. And then we'll have a night. We're going to have a nice tour this year. Uh, Kane Brown is opening up for us. We're starting the year at at Stagecoach in Indio. So that'll be a really fun year. And then we'll probably get into some other things, but I just have embraced the entertainment and education fields. And I do some speaking. um, I author. I I do a little um, voiceover and a little acting out here in Hollywood. I, I like to mentor and educate. I have uh, drum camps. Uh, just, I produce records, write songs. I'm in the game of entertainment and just, just love and life,
1: man. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, literally last night I went to my niece. She plays uh, saxophone for high school. And they, I don't know, this whole floor program. But to start it off, they did the drum corps.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah when I was going through high school you know you know's a couple of guys banging on drums nowadays it's like an entire flipping show it's insane what they're doing with these right. and and these kids were totally getting into it you know was that you know how you kind of jumped into this whole thing was it you know high school into the music game you know yeah like, it was
2: a fifth grade I was in the I was, well actually in, in in 1976 or 77 I um I was you know, six, seven years old, and I was listening to KISS records, and my, I was restless. My parents got me drum lessons. I, I was studying with a guy in Connecticut, and so I got some skills together. And so then when I, when I was in El Paso, Texas, and I joined the fifth grade band, I was already ahead of the other kids. But I knew that, wow, I have this cool skill. It was an icebreaker. People were interested in me. It was a way to be socially acceptable you know, in that awkward period of your life, especially when you're going into high school and stuff. And so... Um, It was great. It was, you know, it was, it was my calling. I recognized that in 1983 um, the police came out with a record called synchronicity. And then the very next year, Van Halen came out with the smoking angel on the cover of a record called 1984. And I just, it resonated with me and I said, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And then I, I didn't know about Malcolm Gladwell and the 10,000 hour theory of, of mastering a craft. Matter of fact, it's so funny. I was in my favorite, um, West Hollywood eatery the other night, and I don't get starstruck, but Malcolm Gladwell was ordering a drink next to I me, and he's a very unique looking individual. Right, um, but you know, five bestsellers. I mean, his books—they just full. I mean, you before you know, it, you've learned so much. The book is over. What a, what a, I'm a big fan. Anyway, <laughs> geeking out over that, I wanted to be like Malcolm. High five. What you want? <laughs> Everything
1: you're not supposed to do when you. read But I didn't. I just
2: walked away. <laughs> man. I, I I left him. Um, but I didn't know about the ten thousand hours. Theory at that time but I, I was you know I was passionate about it so when you know you're passionate about something it's so easy to work hard and the harder you work the more successful success you attract to yourself so I was I already had those wheels in motion where I was just living and breathing drums and I continued that all the way you know I've never missed a meal man you know I mean there were some hard times and you know I had some rough day jobs you know I I parked cars I was a courier I did construction I was a waiter um, I was a kindergarten teacher substitute teacher and uh schlep drums around all around the planet, and lugging suitcases. I figured recently that i haven't un i haven't unpacked my suitcase in twenty two years I've been living out of a suitcase for 22 years. The only time I truly unpack is when is when at the end of the year, our touring season is usually over in October now, and i'll literally I will just take everything out of the suitcase and put everything away, even though I know i'm going to be putting things back in there to go do freelance things or speeches but my touring cycle now has become, like, we, we tour April through October, which is wonderful. We do about 60 shows a year. But we used to do 225 shows a year that's in awesome. the early days of LVM, like in 2004, 2005, 2006. We lived on the road, and It was just,
1: it was incredible. It was and, that, and that's a wild lifestyle, too. I mean, so, how how did you go into the national scene and how did you hook up with Jason Aldean? I mean, was it a tryout? Was it a call? Or would, would you guys just happen to drink in the same bar and say, let's put this together?
2: Yeah. yeah. It's funny to hear people's stories and see how their, you know, their success comes together. But it's the perception of the music business is that it's an audition-based industry. And I think that you know, 99% of your guests um, are that are all speaking on success. Are going to say it's about human relationships and interacting with people and championing each other and lifting each other up and having birds of feather come together. And and uh, I was playing in a band with a guy named Kurt Allison, um, who is our guitar player to this day. And so I've been playing with him for 23 years. I had a gig with him and his dad in a band called The Blues, Other Brothers. And we had like <laughs> a big style of re- review where we did like Motown and Stax records, kind of things on warp speed. You know, all that stuff. And then um, he introduced me to this guy named Tully Kennedy, to, who is our band leader and our bass player to this day. Tully Kennedy's um, uncle was was writing songs at Warner Chapel Music. Michael Knox was the VP at Warner Chapel Music and who is, is um, Jason's producer to this day. Michael said, we need a band. Tully said, Kurt, you know, a drummer, Kurt Champion, we brought the three of us together And it's like, you know, peanut butter, you put your peanut butter in my chocolate, your chocolate (laughs) just worked. And like to to this day, you know, I don't know, we had, I guess, too many Irish coffees, but we call ourselves the three kings. And we kind of branded ourselves that way about those those three knuckleheads that went everywhere together for a decade. And we ended up just playing with Jason Aldean, becoming great friends with Jason Aldean. So it was, yeah, I think I had to have, it was, there was a loose audition, which meant me learning the material, going in me knowing the material was given i was going to do a good job for them i did a good job for them but they wanted to see if i could if we could all you know if Jason was going to like me because when you're living this lifestyle you're on stage maybe two hours a day and there's another 22 hours a day that you're writing a 45 foot tube, <laughs> and then you're sleeping on airport floors and and i'm about to put out a book next month called crash course for success and literally one of the photos is all of us crashed out on the airport Floor. and the and the caption is um you know touring is hell on a sleep cycle <laughs>
1: that's awesome that's yeah a- so that's
2: kind of how that all came together man in a very organic human relationship based way and the music industry is not for the faint of heart it's um you know it, it, it's it's tough on relationships it's it's be tough on your health um, so it's nice to be able to go through such an industry with, with like-minded people that, you know, you finish each other's sentences and you're part of each other's, you know, wedding parties. And we're right. staring at almost like five presidencies later.
1: And, <laughs> and, and, you, and a few gray, more gray hairs later, too. Yeah, right? and, and,
2: yeah this is my <laughs> choice, man. I, 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 was, um, I had a lot of um, wives and girlfriends that were hairstylists, and so it was pretty easy to get my hair painted black. Right. And then, and then one vacation recently, I just said, I'm going to let this go. Why
1: well, they tell my wife, man, I'm not getting gray hairs, babe. This is chrome. It's, so, it's, <laughs> it's really, really, really fun. But, You know, and you know, a lot of people look at like the music industry or, or the, the acting industry of all that, and they always are on this whole thought process of this overnight success type thing. And, you know, it doesn't matter how many times you tell them an overnight success is a myth. Right there's a lot of damn hard work there's a lot of freaking late nights <laughs> airport floors and everything else I mean how how long were you in the game before you felt like okay I'm finally you know in my rhythm and things are working
2: Yeah um well my story was I moved to Nashville on a Tuesday with a box of 400 cassette demos Rich Redman <laughs> drums percussion and I was passing these things out everywhere and I had little before the EPK you would have like a a, a, a folder and it would have all your press clippings in it and it was so archaic and you know I always had a you know a vista print business card I, you know, I was a pretty savvy self-promoter still to the day you know no one is going to champion you like yourself no one is right. you as much as yourself so you have to be politely persistent and maybe have some luck along the way but luck is just being prepared for those opportunities and also giving yourself a a shot to be successful in the music business. People are like, can I do this from Des Moines, Iowa? Can I do this from Tallahassee, Florida? No, you can really only be in three places, you know. And New York City really has kind of become, you know, you do Broadway and then you can play weddings and bar mitzvahs and, you know, make pretty good money, live out in Long Island, come into the city. Um, Los Angeles, you know, I'm here a lot. I have a love affair with Los Angeles. I do business out here. Um, But if you're not doing music for TV and film um, and you don't have a big touring gig, The actual music scene in Los Angeles really isn't the healthiest. And then you have a place like Music City where people are like, well, what about Austin, Texas? Austin's great. It's a great, there's a lot of great live music going on, but it doesn't have the big machine, the infrastructure of, okay, a song is written at 10 a.m. on a Monday. That song has to be demoed up. And so there's a group of musicians that play on the demo and then someone's got to play on the record. And then the live band has to be put together. And then around that you have tour managers, um, graphic design artists, web designers, um, truck drivers, caterers—that whole industry. There's so many jobs, and, and it all, and, and we need all those things to make that Taylor Swift show work. And that's right. why she called her label Big Machine because we have the big machinery, that infrastructure that doesn't exist in like Austin. Awesome well,
1: but I, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people are looking at it as you know, I sing, I play drums, I play guitar, I'm just going to show up and it's going to happen. Yeah, I, you know, it's 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 a production. I like the term big machine. You know, uh, it's a, it's a,
2: it's really an amazing name, you know, for um for a label. But no, your skill set is having an extremely um, an incredibly well put together um cultivated skill set is a is an expectation. The other thing is giving yourself that chance to be successful, which is going to a place like Nashville, Tennessee. And then getting out and shaking hands and crashing parties and letting the world know you exist because there's some amazing drummers that are you really better than me that are playing in their mom's basement. But you have to take your music to the people. You have to connect with other people, those gatekeepers, especially someone like a drummer. A drummer is only as good as, as the people that they are surrounded with. It's a really strong and important and powerful position in a band. But usually, unless you're like a Dave Grohl who's writing all the material, you know we're only as good as the person that we're surrounding ourselves with. So my my story was I moved to Nashville on a Tuesday, and by Wednesday I was booked. I had a gig on a Saturday night. I was playing with like a, a corporate band, and you know you have, you're playing you know uh, jazz and the salads coming out, and then you're eating the main course and you're playing Motown. By the end of the night, everyone's biting their upper lip, clapping on one and three, and 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 dancing to um, uh, disco songs from the '70s. You know, <laughs> and and but that was great because that's what opened my door to my Nashville. Um, uh, you know, family tree of shaking this person's hand. They championed me. They recommended me to someone else. And it's still happening to this day. And you're never done paying your dues because I never want to be that guy that says, i right, I've made it. I know everyone in the industry. There's new people coming to Nashville all the time. And what I do is I, is I, I, I meet that new talent. And now I'm on the other side of the business where, um, you know, if you're in Nashville long enough, eventually you're going to start writing songs. You're going to start producing records. I opened up my own record label. I have my own record label twelve twenty five label group. and so so now I can nurture new talent, right? and i and I and through my eyes and my experiences, I can give them a positive experience and and be an
1: artist friendly producer and label label owner. Oh, that's awesome. Well, keep your eyes then on Fort Worth, Texas, because there's a lot of awesome local musicians coming out right. of here right now. you know so so you know, what was it like, you know? up there performing with a guy like jason aldean and and depending on some circles you love and you hate him, you know yeah. <laughs> um you know what was it like being up there playing for massive crowds? you know living that that rock star life um mm-hmm. with the spotlight the the craziness that happens on the road just because i have some buddies in the game i know some of the fun stories but um yeah. you know what is that what it what is that like that experience like for you
2: um, I mean, it's, it's my happy place. I, I, I think that, you know, I was, you know, had these calling, these callings in life and, and I, I, you know, I think my God, my power, my heart power gave me this talent and I was, I respected enough to, to nurture it and mold it and then be able to have that connective tissue. The connected tissue are all the guys in my band that would allow us to express ourselves. You know, I think music is one of our highest forms of communication. It's truly a gift, you know, it, it transcends all cultural barriers, language barriers. And um, but no, when I'm up there and, and, and the pyro's going off and the ah, I mean that is just like oh my god, this energy I'm receiving energy and I'm putting out energy. And I always tell my students, I say, look, if you want to send your energy not to the person the person there in the in the expensive seats, they're already the true believers. You have to right. send it to the cheap seats and the guy that was dragged there by his girlfriend. You make that guy a true believer. That. My goal is to have that guy go home that was on the fence and go, Man, that's the best damn drummer I ever seen in my life You know, <laughs> and gotta say it in that voice? Well it's that was my, <laughs> that was my attempt at a southern accent. <laughs> that. oh, that's awesome. um, but but no, it's it's a it's it's a it's I don't wanna say that the drums define me, but it's it's such a um God, it's such a calling when I, when I see a set of drums, even like I'm going to like a a nightclub or I'm at a wedding or something and there's a set of drums in the corner. It's like... <laughs> I focus on that, man. I want to go play those drums. You know, it's just a it's just a calling, man. So when I'm on stage, it's like, dude, I'm meant to do this. And then it's like a drug and you're always looking for that next opportunity to do that same thing. Do
1: you, you do the same thing when you're speaking? Because that, that's how I feel when I'm on stage speaking is you know, yeah. you know it's the same thing. I want to hit, hit the people that are in the back going? nah, this guy's nothing. You this know that. You know the, the skeptics. Yeah, you know, those are the ones that I love. That same thing for you when you're when you sure. Speak. Yeah,
2: and for me, it's it, for me my, when it comes to speaking, it's not so much the power of the words and the concepts I'm saying because my what I speak on my crash concept commitment relationships attitude skill and hunger, it's basically a way of reminding people. Yeah, you can have your corporate philosophies. You can have your your PowerPoint and you can get lost in all of this corporate stuff. But let's, I just, I'm there to remind them everything I need to know in life. I learned in
1: kindergarten, you
2: right. know, basically keep it simple and work on, and I like to do everything in five, you know, like commandment relationship or power or, you know, I wrote an ebook called five keys to drumming success, you know, so people can remember it. Um, but for me, it's really like how I'm articulating the message. It's almost people like, what is your event? about and I said, Well just picture like Animal from the Muppets. Tony <laughs> Robbins meets Jerry Lewis, right? So it's like it's almost like I want to present this in like a very energetic fashion. I'm sweating, I'm pacing, I'm cracking jokes, I'm playing with drums and then I'm speaking and then I'm playing the drums and then I'm speaking. And so it's really it's like how I'm giving people that information because um I don't know we're gonna give people too much credit. Like I tell people all the time, um You know, people hear music with their eyes. Most people don't know. They're not really educated musically. So I said, we have to give them a show. Give them – or they could just listen to their MP3, right? And their little MP3 device and these little things right here. It's like they're going to spend all that money, get a babysitter, pay for parking, brave the crowds, buy a $15 beer. Dude, I'm going to make this a memorable experience.
1: Well, and I hope everybody heard that because – you have to, I mean, especially if you're going to make it in this day and age and whatever you're in is, I also remember there was a acapella show on TV and one of the boys, the men's guys was one of the judges. Wow. And it was a really, really cool show. And there's a country music group that, that won one of the episodes. That's a completely acapella country music group, uh, home free. I think is the name of the group, but, um, and you know, the, I think it was the second or third season. They had this college group on all acapella. And they were in the final episode, and whoever won this episode won the whole show. And the song was Take Me to Church. And it was done acapella, and, man, they had the littlest dude in their college. I mean, this guy, if he was five foot tall, I'd be amazed. And they said, <laughs> you know, we picked him to sing the solo in this because he's got that voice. Dude, this kid, and I get goosebumps thinking about this kid singing. I mean, he sang it, and he, I mean, he left it all on the stage. And when he was done performing, man, he dropped to his knees in pure exhaustion. That's how much he put into the song. I love it, and that, and that stuck with you. And you um, Absolutely. I mean, even the 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 Boys, the men guy. I wish I remember his name, but who was a judge looked at him and goes, "You know, that's why you just won because you put everything you had just in that song." But you know, I think it was Bon Jovi that said, "You know, when you go on stage, you've got to perform like this is your last performance." Oh,
2: I always say that. Yeah. yeah, go on stage like this may be the very last time.
1: One, two, three. Oh!
2: <laughs> That's how I'm going out, man. Right, right. You know, but yeah, and just think about that amazing singer and that and the talent that he had and that commitment to his craft. Who knows? He may be killing it in the industry right now from that initial push of success that he had with that show, or he could be back working his day job. He could still be he moved back in with his parents. I don't know. It's like. Just having the talent is not enough. You have to mold it, and then you have to get to a place and get to some gatekeepers that can actually allow you, allow you give you permission to do what you do. Because I've had some very successful people um, that I've known that have been raised every hair on my body. Like one a, a, a girlfriend of mine that comes to mind that was just such an amazing singer, and still is an amazing singer. Um, but to create that emotional reaction from me when I would play with her, I would I would shed a tear. Every hair on my arm would stand up. So powerful. And, and things really didn't work out to the extent that they should have. I and mean, there's so many other factors involved in cultivating success long term in your life.
0: I wanted to jump in here and take a second to let our sponsors tell you a little bit about what they do. Guys, do me a favor and check them out. They're really helping this show become what it's becoming.
3: Support for this podcast comes from Point Blank Safety Services and Blue Family Fund. Point Blank Safety Services does safety differently. We know everyone is on a journey and we want to make sure you get where you're going safely. Professional, trained, ready. There's really no comparison. Here's why hiring Point Blank Safety for your next project will make all the difference and save you huge amounts of stress and hassle. Point Blank Safety Services provides certified, uniformed police officers for a full suite of armed guard services. Don't leave the safety of your project to chance. If you're ready to make sure safety truly comes first for your next project, then visit us at pointblanksafety.com. Blue Family Fund, helping dependents of law enforcement families on their journeys. Blue Family Fund is a nonprofit that raises funds and offers financial support through higher education scholarships for dependents of law enforcement officers and by providing financial assistance for families of fallen law enforcement officers. Every dollar donated will go to the families of police officers, either through scholarships to dependents of police officers or as aid to fallen officers' families. Visit us at BlueFamilyFund.com. And now back to the show. <coughs>
0: You know, uh,
1: I'm I'm going through David Goggins' book right now called "You Can't Hurt Me," and dude, that guy's a beast. But in his book, he he laid out something that that once he said it, I'm sure I've heard it other times, but it was the first time I heard it put this way. And what he says is, most time when people look at accomplishing a goal, they're sitting in their soft, comfortable house. They're sitting on their soft, comfortable couch. They're probably drinking in a very comfortable drink, watching a TV show. Dreaming about that life that could be right, mm-hmm. so it's very, very capable of doing. They're not thinking about, and he's talking about running the you know, 100 mile marathons and stuff. Wow. Right? Um, and he's like, you know, people are like, I want to run a marathon. Well, you're sitting on your soft couch, drinking your soft drink, drinking, you know, that, that simple lifestyle. You're thinking about the end, you're not thinking about all the things that you've got to do to go through it to be able to get there. And that was, that was it's, it's the same thing with what you're talking about is you've got to literally be be thinking about where am I going through and then realize that you're going to have to go through a lot of crap, you know, yeah. and do a lot of things to actually be able to get there. And get lucky breaks, and what I mean by lucky breaks and you said earlier is by putting yourself in a position to find and make luck happen.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> luck favors the the prepared, you know what I mean? Right. And and I use over preparation I use over-preparation and hustle as a business model. Like some some people have found success at, at a younger age. Some people have found success easier. Um, some people found success and it has gone away. Like my trajectory has been I've always had the, the raw talent. I honed that raw talent. I had a vision. There was roadblocks. There was door slams in my face. No, no, no. And I would get success and that would lead to more successes. And it was just the slowest of all climbs. And I'm still working on achieving all of my dreams. And, and it's just been very difficult for me. It was, it was not easy. There was a lot of no's and a lot of setbacks. Um, but if you use those setbacks to fuel your victories, you'll be rocking. So, like, for me, I wrote down my goals in uh, 1997 when I moved to Nashville. It was, I will be a top-call touring and recording drummer based in Nashville. It was one simple sentence. Create some sort of very succinct ones or two sentences it could be your mantra, and put it in places where you can where you can reiterate reiterate it every day. Say it to yourself, especially before you go to bed at night, when you get up in the morning. And I would do that, and I would take all the necessary steps to make that happen. And so I started making a living, playing with various artists, um, hundreds of artists, and maybe out of those hundreds of artists, maybe ten are still in the in the industry in some way. And of course, I had to find find my Jason Aldean, and when I say my Jason Aldean, I mean he's my he was my Sting, he was my John Mellencamp, he's my Bono, he's my he's my he's my uh, Billy Joel, he, he's my frontman that I could uh, that I could hitch my wagon to and cultivate a a long term career. I had to find that guy.
1: I found him. You know, right, right. Did, I mean, was country music the the direction you were always heading? You know, because you it sounded like you grew up more on the more the rock side of things. No, I'm,
2: I just tell everybody I'm, a, I'm an overeducated rock drummer. Actually, <laughs> I have experience playing so many different kinds of music. Obviously, I fell in love with the Police's music, which is you know reggae and world inspired pop rock. And then I love you know just knuckle dragging rock and roll like Van Halen, you know. And um, but I played like. So I did the Merchant Band for eight years, and then when I was in college, I did Steel Drum Ensemble, World Music Ensemble, uh, I was in the Pep Band, I was in the Jazz Combo, I was in the New Music Ensemble, I was in the, um, the Symphonic Band, I was in the, uh, the orchestra. Anything I could do to play music, and, and I could read music. And so I played every style of music under the sun, and when you mix all those things together, you can kind of create your own kind of style. And then the other way I was able to cultivate a style was having an outlet. Uh, like playing music on the on the world stage where um we you know god, god with jason's music we mixed up detuned guitars and you know drop drop tune guitars and and big drums and storytelling and and kind of like restructured the fabric of some of the music making that gave permission to like for like luke bryan to do his thing and Florida georgia line to do their thing and and um, then there was the rap elements. And so just God, just all my influences came together in this style. And then and then having an encouraging boss, like someone like Alvin and his entire team, to say, Rich, you be the drummer you want to be. You know, they encourage our creativity. So, um, man, it's been incredible. But but no, but I did play a lot of country music, like in, in Dallas-Fort Worth. It was awesome. Right. I was in, like, country bands all over the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But I was also in like fusion bands, like, big bands. Getting my masters at University of <laughs> Arkansas, playing Zappa like music, and down in Deep Ellum, and I was playing like alternative music, play congas and bands and stuff. So I love music. Um, uh, but yeah, we just have an encouraging uh, team that allows us to.
1: That's awesome. That's you know, it's important to have be a part of a team that allows that creative freedom to flow, so you can just be yourself. You know how did this all you know transfer into now speaking on stages and writing books and all of that? I mean, you, you see some people make an attempt at that world not well, and you see some people actually make it. What what made you want to go that direction?
2: Um, so, well, I have a teacher's heart. You know, I have always been a teacher, and I feel like as soon as you're you're good at something and you can stay one step ahead of the students, if, if you if you have that bone, that mentoring, that educational bone, it's a really powerful thing to do. Um, so I love that, and so I've always taught. Um, and then when, as we were cultivating um, Aldine's career um, during the day, every day I would go and I would teach at a high school or a music store or a college, and I was developing a reputation as an educator. And then doing that event, I started incorporating some motivational um, elements from you know my love of you know the law of attraction and Zig Ziglar and Napoleon Hill and Tony Robbins and studying all these great thought leaders over the years. So. Before you know it, my teaching, my drum events started to take on a more like uh, motivational. So I say I mix music and motivation, and it's educational, it's entertaining. So I I say people, tell people it it defines edutainment, and then that grew into someone from corporate America, a good friend of mine, Anthony Grady, worked at a company called Cisco, and he saw one of my speeches one time, performances, and at a, at a small little drum shop in Raleigh, North Carolina, and he said. Dude, there's five people here. You, could, you should be speaking in front of 50,000 people. This is really strong messaging. It'll work for anybody in any field. I was like, you're right. Let's do this. He goes, yeah, I'm going to get you booked at Cisco. And so he got me booked and it went over smashingly. And then I've done 10 events for Cisco. And then I grew that into like Hewlett Packard and, and Presidio and Microsoft. And you just grow that same way you develop anything, one handshake at a time. And it's all the sweat of your brow and cultivating a good uh, reputation that precedes you. And um, then I wrote a book for kids called Fundamentals of Drumming for Kids. And that's cool if you if you have like a five-year-old that wants to learn how to play the drums or a 50-year-old cousin that, that acts like a five-year-old, the book will work for them, you know. And then so I said, okay, I've been speaking on this crash concept for like 13 years. I need to put out that book. And, and I'm about to do it. And it's just, I think that once I get that that, that non-drumming book out, my first motivational book, hopefully it'll be... Popularly received, and that and that'll just inspire me. I'm gonna just crank these things out. But (laughs) I I think it's just follow through. You know, just having that vision and just not stopping until you say you're like, okay, I want to be an internationally recognized speaker. I I want to do no less than two speaking events a month. That's my that's my new goal. Without fail, I want to be speaking twice a month, 24 times a year, which is daunting around what I already do. You know, because I'm playing Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Middle America with Al and then that means I've got somehow booked Sunday through Wednesdays um, to do my speeches, you know. So, um, but just having that vision
1: and then having that follow through and not stopping. No, that's 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 awesome, and you know, it's it shows a lot of your grit and it shows a lot of your tenacity to uh, not reinvent yourself, but you'll know, almost create a whole nother business model for yourself. That that is out of the norm. I mean, you're in a sense creating your own side hustle, and I hate the word hustle, but yeah. you know, your, own, your own side business as you're going through this still successful career and everything else you're doing. So okay. when, when, when you're speaking, you know, um, I've seen people in corporate guitar and motivational yeah. speaking. I haven't seen the drums. That's got to be a pretty powerful, you know, message um, when you're able, because... Uh, with the drums, man, you can really hit somebody in the heart with it and get them to move um, yeah. is, is that why you're you're really incorporating the both well um,
2: I think it's a you know people love the drums it's man's first instrument we're just like biologically through our DNA drawn to the drums and and um you know a guitar is way more portable, and you know people love the elite singer with the guitar and all that but if they if you can just get past the oh you need to set a drums for your speech, I was like don't, but you're going to like it better because it's a way for people to see the physical manifestation of my passion. It's the passion personified. When they see how I can connect with that instrument and use it as a form of communication and a form of expression, they go, oh, this is what this guy does. He travels the world so he can get on those set of drums and create that energy to lift up his band and bring these songs to life and be an entertainer. And I say, if you take this level of passion that I have, the sweat of my brow and I'm drenched um, I said, you can accomplish anything you want to accomplish in your life you know and so they go oh okay and so yeah like my friend Mike Rayburn is like a comedian and, and a guitar player and he does motivational speeches and then my friend Freddie Ravel he's like Earth, Wind & Fire um, keyboard player and he plays piano and does motivational speeches and then really the only drummers are me and my buddy Mark Schulman he's a uh, pink drummer and so if I can't make a speech I send Mark and if Mark can't make a speech he sends me and so we look out for each other. Really, there's really only like two of us really like playing uh, that are like motivational speakers that play drums on a high level. And uh, it's so it's it's a, it's, a small group of us kind of looking out for each other that use the music thing
1: as a hook. No, I, I love it. You know, I, I mean, I, I can like bang on top of my desk, you know. Yeah. So if you need another motivational speaker for the drums, how about I just come speak and you drum? All right.
2: <laughs> love it. Yeah, we can do some double
1: events together. Right? right, right, <laughs> right. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. You know, um,. You know, a lot of people get hung up on this whole phrase of motivational speaking. Even when I say, you know, I'm a motivational speaker, people get hung up on it because they're like, you know, motivation doesn't last. You know, you you go get fired up at an event, go get charged up, and then Monday happens. Right. You know, um what are you teaching in these things that are, you know, those tangible take-homes that that people are like completely applying to their life mm. and are are action items off of your speeches?
2: Yeah. Great, great point. Um, you know, I, I through my teaching and my all my little drum camps that I've done over the years, you know, I've had success stories of students that are, have all met at my camps and then they get accepted to Musicians Institute in Hollywood or they're going to Berkeley or they're getting gigs in their city or they decided to make the big move to Nashville, Tennessee. And and they're like, you know what? Um, your crash concept really stuck with me. I just always remember crash. And I can actually live my life like that. And it's so easy to remember. I just can use these five things and I can apply it to anything. So I'm like, great. Yeah. commitment. If you're committed to yourself, to your goals, to your family, to your community, to your company, to your product, you're going to be able to write your ticket to success relationships. Remember that people are the keys. That's the answer to life. Finding those birds of a feather, finding people that are going to champion you. So go out and make friends. You can't have enough friends. And I constantly mix business and pleasure. People say, don't do that. And it's the secret to my success because I always mix business and pleasure. And then remembering about your attitude. Your attitude is really is 99% of life. It takes twice as much as energy to cultivate and nurture negative thoughts. So I just tell people to try to stay in, the, in that positive space because people are attracted to enthusiasm and positivity. Those people are usually happier. Happier people are healthier and they are more successful. So try to stay in that zone. And techniques you can use to stay in that zone are surround yourself with birds of a feather. I use colorful food. Um, I like film. I like friends. Um, I, I like exercise I use these as tools to like stay in that, in that positivity zone and then skill identify those skills you need to be successful in your chosen field and master those skills but don't get cocky you have to make sure that you're keeping up with the Joneses and developing new skills like I'm doing in my midlife instead of just saying oh, I'm a successful drummer I was on the cover of that magazine I'm always going to be working I never get cocky like that I'm developing these other skills in case my entire industry goes away I have other things that are happening. And who knows? The music industry is kind of on its knees. Who knows what's going to happen? So I'm preparing for that and then staying hungry for success, having that fire that burns in your belly to be successful. And I'd say that this passion is your engine and hard work is your fuel. So fuel that engine with hard work, and you'll allow, which will allow you to work harder. And the harder you work, the less you get. So it's just, oh, my God, I just got to commit to my craft. I got to find the people, the relationships. I got to stay positive so people will be attracted to me. I have to identify those skills to be successful. Master those skills, and then stay hungry for success. It's like, oh my god, if I can live my life like this, I will be successful.
1: I love it, dude. That is so awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, I love it when somebody comes up with a very, very, very simple analogy, you know, that or a, a simple acronym. Is the word I'm looking for? Yeah, that, that is that is so easy to remember, and the principles are so easy to apply, you know, to, to life you know, so well done. Well done. Where do you think this is all going to take, you, man? I mean, are you going to be the next Tony Robbins with drums in your hand or, 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 you know, are you going to stay in the corporate private gigs? You know, how big's this yeah. thing going?
2: I like the, I, I kind of like the corporate private. I don't see. It could happen because I've had drum camps where people sign up and there's a hotel package and there's catered meals and the kids show up in a limo and we do the event and it's just, huge experiential thing. Um, i watched Tony Robbins' um, Be My Guru, his documentary, and I said to myself, do I want to do that on that level? I, I like this private gigs thing. You know, I like the I like the balance of my life where, oh yes, I'm an international speaker, a company from Mexico City can hire me, I'm going to go. There's the lights, there's the smoke, it's like a little mini rock concert disguised as a keynote. I'm doing that whole thing. Um, I think for me, the variety is very sexy where, I'm playing live, touring with somebody, and recording drums for other people. I'm doing my corporate keynotes on on the highest level for Fortune 100 companies. I'm cranking out my books. I'm running my record label, and then I have a foothold in in Hollywood where um where where I ultimately want to be doing more hosting and um some maybe some appearances on episodic television and and, and films. So my latest thing is is I played a cop on. A show on the Sci-Fi Channel called uh, Happy, and it's with Christopher Maloney, and he was like the kind of like the baloney cop on um, Law and Order SVU, and he was on HBO's Oz killer actor, and I was like thrown into the deep end of the pool as a new actor, been acting for four years, and I'm in a scene with this guy. It was like a 12-hour day, and it'll probably all boil down to about I don't know 15 seconds, right, right? Right. But epic. I mean, to get flown to New York City. To shoot in Queens in a real prison with a real prison guard suit with a, a real network and this thing is going to be seen and it's like I'm in the game there, man. So I think creatively playing drums, producing records, speaking at the highest level, and cranking out my books and then I'm going and doing my acting jobs with the possibility like never know maybe I could maybe I'll be. The next Mario Lopez or Seacrest, where I'm where I'm doing a lot of hosting, that that feels very um, second nature to me. I love reading teleprompter. I love interacting with a guest and and just being that kind of like master's of ceremony. I'm I'm doing a lot of professional MC now, where I'm finally getting paid to MC corporate events and charity events and doing panel moderation. I just love it all. And so people are like, "How do you do it? How do you keep your schedule straight?" I said, like, "I don't know, man. It's Tetris." I just pray to the scheduling gods and all these cool things come in, and they're all different, they're colored in different ways. And it just allows me to interact with people, and stay creative at, at the highest level.
1: That's so awesome, man. Uh, it's, it's fun watching somebody step into their own fire. And what I mean is, you know, actually go for it and chase it, find some success into it. You know, I have a, a, a only thing I ever want to do in a movie is I want to be the guy in the background. So I can say I was in that movie. Yeah, I was actor twelve. You know, uh. <laughs>
2: yeah. I have friends. I have friends that you know live in Burbank, and they, and they just they have they they make a great living just doing background acting. It's like you show up, and there's always snacks at craft service, right? You know, they have their their their, their benefits and their insurance through SAG-AFTRA, and they go and they're in the Big Bang Theory, and all they have to do is like pretend to talk in the background all day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a very long day. I don't think I could do it. I, I'm not focusing on doing any background because. I'm too on the move. I'd rather be like playing drums for somebody. Oh, me,
1: me oh. too. You know that. that you know, I want to be the guy on stage. I want to be the guy in front of the rooms and all that. But you know, I someday I want to be in just one big movie. I don't want an acting part or anything. I just want to be the guy in the background that that you, like just walks through, you know, or you know, gets knocked out by a guy in the scene. Yeah, you know, and you'll
2: I, you'll do it by not going, not getting an agent and not having yeah, an actor. Yeah, yeah. you're going to get it because a buddy of yours is an yes. executive producer on a new film. Yeah. I mean, Show up on this day when this guy walks, you're just gonna walk right across.
1: Right, 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 right. right. It's just be my one cameo. That's it. Yeah, and then, and then I'm gonna sign autographs for everybody and tell them I'm a famous actor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, this, I mean, this is awesome, man. What a what a killer story. What a great journey. Um, it's it's just gonna feel cool that you have accomplished a lot of the things that you set out to accomplish, and now you know, you're adding so many more things to your life and finding some success in those, you know, that's, that's just gotta feel really cool on your journey.
2: It does. It is, it is very, very nice to be to like, Oh my God, you know, a lot of drummers will spend their entire life trying to play on a number one song and hear themselves on the radio. And, you know, just to be part of this, um, creative collective of, of like-minded people and, and, and to have a body of work like that, to be like, oh my God, I can hear myself on the radio two, three times an hour. I can hear myself in the elevators and supermarkets and, you know, at the gas station where I'm pumping yeah. gas. It's like, oh, that's me playing the drums. Like, like it's my childhood dream. Dude, you did it. It is pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool. Thing.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Rich, I got to tell you, it's been a lot of fun having you on here. Here's how I like to wrap up every show. And I do stump some people on this. So- wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> So here it goes. So if you were going to lead the champions who listen to the show, um, people from all walks of life, 78 countries that are all chasing their dreams, chasing their passions. Um, if you were going to leave them with a quote, a phrase, a saying, a mantra, something they can take with them on their journey, especially when they're stacked up against it and going through it, what would be that quote or phrase you would say, remember this,
2: do it and do it now.
1: <laughs> I love it I love it Rich thanks buddy I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing your story with us
2: hey thanks so much for having me please keep in touch everyone and to all the listeners out there I'm a sitting duck on the Nader, just richredman.com crashcorksforsuccess.com and just richredman on all the socials let's connect
1: awesome awesome thanks brother thanks if
0: you content for your company and you're struggling to figure out what should I put out there how should I put it out there or you know what can I do to make my company get more exposure on social media go check out successchampions.us you know because the podcast boom
1: several people are really looking in to launch their own podcast their own show so they can get their own message out there well why don't you come hang out with us We've got a, a Facebook group called "So You Want a Podcast," and you know, just go to Facebook, type in "so a comma you want a podcast," and come hang out with a bunch of us as as I teach everything that I've learned on my journey to running a successful, profitable show. So check us out. So you want a podcast? Looking forward to seeing you there.
0: Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking and it continues to grow.